salutations and shit guys welcome to another episode of travel and shit where i your host the carrie have more of an experiential conversation about travel versus a conversation based on destination so i have two maybe three quick announcements um one, this is my co-host, Binksy. <laughs> she just jumped on the couch. If you're watching on YouTube, where I also have a um, visual of the podcast that I'm recording, every uh, week I you can see my dog. I also have a new mic. Thank you, boyfriend, for the great Christmas gift that I got early. Yay. Um, but I've got merch. I also have my newest hoodie on. There is print on the back. It... Um, is available for purchase at travelandshippodcast.com. Um, go to the shop tab, or you can go to my Instagram, travel, T-R-A-V-E-L, the letter N-S-H underscore T, and you can shop from there because 2020, we're in the future. You can buy things, you know, through social media apps now. Uh, whether it's a gift for yourself or for the traveler in your life, this small black business would be appreciative of your business. Um, also, I have a solo travel planning course that is for the free and available for you to download so that if you are planning a trip for yourself, a vacation, a family trip, or even a group trip with your homies, you have the tools available to you to confidently make sure that you hit all the points that you want to make sure are hit on your next trip. I also have a supplemental workbook available and that is, uh, I think it's, no, it's definitely priced at $9.99. I have painstakingly taken the time to detail all of the checklists and I, put in the chart that I use to plan my itinerary. So for the free, I tell you what I do. I break that down and I explain it to you. And I give you examples of what it is that I do when I'm booking every trip that I take, whether it's for one by myself, a solo trip, or if it's a trip that I take with my boyfriend. Um, But for $9.99, I will give you the tools to do it for yourself. I go into much deeper detail. I detail all the the apps and the checklist that I use, the charts that I fill out, and all of that is there so that you can just plug in the information for yourself or have um, a more detailed and comprehensive list of the tools that I use. That is also available for purchase. And um, I have a mailing list. I have something in the works for... Um, this new year. Well, actually I have quite a few things in the works for the new year. So, um, join the mailing list. This way you are up to date with all things travel and shit. You're a, you're, you just get an email when there's a new episode, basically. Other than that, I, um, don't really send y'all that much stuff. So pretty easy. I won't spam you. I don't want to send a million emails, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, those are the announcements. This week, I still have so much gratitude in my heart. I know 2020 has been really a uh, rough year, but this, I've, I've gained a lot this year and I've also had, um, 
a lot more free time to focus in on a lot of, you know, creative tasks here and there. So I have a lot of things to really be grateful for. And in the spirit of gratitude, I am a person that relishes in the small things. I'm really, really um, a proponent for, well, my love languages are gifts and acts of service. And I don't know how many of you enjoy a good gift, but it's not about how much the gift costs. It's more so how meaningful the gift is. And that kind of had me thinking, Christmas time, Merry Christmas, y'all. Happy Kwanzaa, whenever you listen to it. Happy New Year. Um, Shit, happy St. Patrick's Day. I don't know if y'all gonna listen to this at some point, you know, in the middle of 2027. You know, hopefully the kids around that long. But that being said, I enjoy little things. So I put together a list of 10, rounded it out for y'all, 10 small things that not only help your trip be um, as successful as it can possibly be, but also give you the opportunity to, in some cases, depending on you know what the actual um, bullet point is, if you will, give back to others. Make sure that your host or um, whoever serving you is actually able to um, benefit as well. So once I go through the list, it'll make a little bit more sense. So I'm going to jump right into it. First thing on the list is leaving reviews. Whether or not it is for that small little restaurant that you stumbled across in one of your, you know, exploration treks that you were on a trip on, or um, we all know that we leave reviews. It's a give and take on Airbnb. Your host will leave you a review and um, you will leave a review for your host. But don't forget the small bi- the small businesses that you visit while you're traveling. If you visit like a restaurant, a tattoo shop, if you visit a boutique that's got really cute jewelry, um, anything, leave a review. Not only does it generate, you know, possible business for the um, service provider or the person that owns the business, consider how important reviews are to you. I know for me, I always check reviews on places, especially when I get my tattoos. So um, if you've listened to previous episodes, I've mentioned that I have a travel sleeve and I just did a... um, I posted on my Instagram a really great video that um, showcases the work and the studio of the artist that did my most recent tattoo while I was in Vermont. And I left him a review because he did a great job. He did an incredible job. And I know how important reading reviews for different places that I decide to spend my money in or places that I'm considering spending my money in. I know how important reviews are for me in making that decision in terms of where I'm going to go. So if you consider how important reviews are to you when it comes to where you want to drop your coin, you can actually see how beneficial it is to that business that you too would leave a review, especially if you had a really good experience. There's nothing wrong with leaving a review if you didn't have a stellar experience or if you had a less than great experience, but I would always offer 
you know, in fairness to reach out to the uh, proprietor first and ask them if there's a way that they can rectify whatever reason there may have been for you getting less than stellar service. Um, But especially as a black woman, I can't speak for all of us, but I know that I personally pay more attention to reviews that are left by people that look like me. Uh, because I despite, especially when I am abroad or especially when I'm in places where I'm not certain how people of color or black people in particular are received, I am looking, I'm scrolling through those reviews to see if a black person has reviewed the business or if a black person has reviewed the Airbnb, because I'm certain that many of you are aware of that I don't necessarily want to say bias, but that state of mind that many of us may have in place that as much as we don't want to make race a thing, if you will, it's a thing. We carry it with us wherever we go. Um, Again, I can't speak for all of us. So let me take a step back and say, I carry it with me where I go. If I get stares or if someone's looking at me or if I feel, you know, a way about going into a place, I immediately consider whether or not I'm going to be treated differently, received differently, or, um, you know, charged a different rate based on the color of my skin. And of course, there's also the based on me being a woman. And then there's also me being an American. So all those things in place, I absolutely read reviews so that I can get a feel for those things, if at all possible. So if you too rely on reviews to, you know, dictate or to drive you or direct you in a way where you may be respected, well-received, and your money may be more appreciated in other places than not. Consider that if you do patronize a business, leaving a review can not only make it beneficial for other people to feel comfortable in that establishment, but then it also attracts more business to that person that just gave you really good service as well. So do not uh, underestimate how powerful a review can be. I encourage all of you to leave reviews for companies that you know really do good work or give good service. Um, and if you're feeling froggy, feel free to leave a review for the podcast. Um, So next on the list, I've got cleaning up after yourself. Let me preface this by saying, I don't need you to break out Lysol wipes. I don't need you to break out, you know, your gloves, your goggles, or whatever, you know, cleaning equipment you deem necessary. But simple things like if you're going to a restaurant, do you place your utensils in the plate? Do you stack your plates? just to make your server's job a little bit easier? Do you put your trash when you're staying in a, a hotel or an Airbnb or whatever your accommodations may be, accommodations may be, excuse me, do you put your um, water bottles or alcohol bottles or I don't know, juice, anything? Do you put like your food leftovers and everything in the fucking trash can? Or do you leave it on the desk or the table where you ate it? Do you have your towels on the bed? Do you have your towels on the back of a chair? And then also on, you know, the side of the tub. 
leave everything in, um, you know, one place so that whomever is cleaning up after you doesn't have to go all over the place doing, you know, it, this guys, it doesn't have to be more laborious. It doesn't have to be difficult for someone to do their job, simple and small acts of consideration, you know, just really consider if you were cleaning up after somebody, how would you like it if you had to go to seven different corners of the room to pick up after them? Or would you prefer that, wow, all the trash is in one fucking place, you know, kind of how a trash can is designed to work so that I could pick it all up in one shot, put it in whatever receptacle I have, and then replace the bag. I don't know. It's a lot easier to pick all the towels up from one spot as opposed to collecting them from all over the house if you're staying at an Airbnb or, you know, from all over the room if you're staying at a hotel, whatever. Um, Little things like I personally um, always turn my bed up. I know that it may, that making the bed is a thing. Like they're going to just take the sheets off when you leave. But I just think it's a respect thing, a courtesy thing. I don't want to walk into a room and see somebody's sheets where they have like their skin sitting. It sounds foolish, but I don't want to walk into a room and see somebody's sheets. So out of courtesy, I always turn the bed back up. I don't tuck the shits in. I don't make it, you know, military neat and stuff like that. But I make it look like I care that you have, you know, um, a little bit of a neater environment than anything. Now, if I do stay, say, in a hotel that has, um, like, say, two queen beds. I know when we were in Burlington, Vermont, the room that we were able, the room that was in the location, like we, I think, uh, boyfriend chose um, a certain floor, and um, I don't know, he may, may have requested a corner room or something. I don't fucking know. But either way, I know that he definitely wanted a room as high as possible that had, uh, I think it was a lake that we were looking at, but water view, uh, access to a water view as well. So what was available had two queen beds as opposed to the one. Cool. So we only used one bed, but it's, if you make one up, you may not be able to tell what the difference is, but it's like... I don't want to leave it exposed. Something about that just seems gross. But all that being said, the nuance of whether you make the bed, tuck it in or not is really not important. It's about being respectful. You don't need to leave trash everywhere. You don't need to leave pieces of things everywhere in the apartment or the hotel room that you're staying in because it doesn't need to be more difficult for somebody to come in after you and straighten up. It's just a courtesy and respect thing. That's me personally. And I'd like to think that anybody that fucks with the kid and listens to the podcast believes in just being good to other people as well. Um, Next on the trip, one of the things that I've always, always looked back on and regretted is not having cash on hand for tips. A lot of the uh, excursions that I take or the uh, accommodations that I set up will also include transportation from point A to point B, whether it be from the hotel to the, um, I mean, from the airport to where I'm staying or from where I'm staying to the location of an excursion. That being said, I hate when I don't have cash on hand to tip my driver. I, it drives me crazy. It's one of those things that, again, I like to be courteous to other people. So, 
one of the things that I have always in hindsight looked back, looked back on and regretted is not having cash on hand for tipping my drivers. It's one of those things where you may have large bills on hand because you just um, changed out your currency. Also, pro tip, I don't know about y'all, but anytime I go to one of those currency exchange windows, like at the airport or at the train station or shit anywhere, I always feel like I'm getting played. Like I always feel like they're getting over on me. What I've learned to do, just go to the fucking ATM. I will get hit, of course, with my bank's ATM fee. I will also get hit with, the dog is just doing her thing. I'll also get hit with an exchange rate. However, I don't get hit with those um, tertiary. I just love that word, tertiary. I don't get hit with those additional fees by the company that's doing the exchange for me. So I feel like I'm saving at some point. Now, granted, I haven't done any, you know, real comparison shopping or, you know, this isn't factually based. Let me preface. It's not a preface at this point because I've already stated what I was going to say. But the point is, I prefer going just to an ATM, period. I don't like dealing with anybody. I don't like being confused whether or not I like knowing where my charges are coming and just paying those fees, period. That's it. So that's a little pro tip. Just go to the fucking ATM. And if then once you get your 20s or your 10s, whatever denomination is the minimum that they'll give you, then I would say go buy something small, like a trinket, pack of gum, bottle of water, whatever, and have some smaller um, denominations of currency so that you can tip your drivers, so that you can, you know, tip, service people so that you can tip people when you're going for a meal or whatever the um, occurrence may come up that you have the opportunity to tip somebody. You are traveling to someone else's country. Not that you owe an entire country something. However, in a lot of um, developed nations, something that is small to us may be of bigger value to the people that you're living it, uh, leaving it with. So consider that you could be a blessing to somebody. You know what I mean? If you go someplace and someone is giving you good service, or if you go someplace and they got good fucking energy, whatever the reason you want to leave something you want to show gratitude for, you'd like to be able to do it without it being something that is uh, difficult or, you know, taking you out of your way. So it pays to have the, um, small denominations of currency so that you can just leave little tokens of gratitude behind. I know that that's one of the things that in hindsight as a traveler, I've especially um, regretted not having cash on hand to um, tip my drivers because I arrange for so many things to be taken care of in advance so that I don't have to do the legwork to uh, get them done. So if I book something on Airbnb and the host isn't the person that picks me up and they have somebody else pick me up and drive me and drop me off to something, or if my host arranges for a taxi or a cab or something to um, pick me up and bring me to a location, like, you know, pick me from the airport and bring me to the 
um, Airbnb that I'm staying at, I've had some really, really great drivers, good conversation, good tips, information, and I just don't have anything on me. Airports always have an uh, ATM. Go to the ATM, pull out, you know, a couple dollars, whatever you're going to need for, you know, maybe a day or two at your trip, or if you need to take money out for the whole trip, whatever you decide to be uh, necessary for your trip. Then go buy something small, a bottle of water, because you can never go wrong with having a bottle of water on hand. Um, unless of course you're going into an airport, you can fuck that up. But if you're leaving the airport and you're about to be, you know, in the midst of the destination that you're visiting, can't go wrong to have a bottle of water on hand, especially if you're not really, uh, certain of whether or not the tap water is drinkable. So that being said, spend something so that you have small denominations so that you can leave gratitude as you go. Um, what do I have next on hand? One of the things that I didn't think that I needed to look into until I realized I needed to look into fucking animals. So the trip I took in the beginning of the year was to Guadalupe. Fucking loved it, y'all. It was beautiful. I had such an incredible time. Note, I had two cats while I was on vacation. I'm not a cat person. I don't fuck with the shits. Not my thing. I like kittens, but I'm not really into cats. I'm a dog person, i.e. my co-host Binksy here. She's down here just licking her feet because she's got nothing else to do. But I was aware that there were cats because I paid attention to the comments and the comments definitely detailed that there were um, cats that were on the property. I don't remember whether or not the actual listing on Airbnb had that there were cats in the area. It's possible that they did, likely, but they were like community pets. The way the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the building was set up was that the cats kind of visited anybody. They was for the streets. They was about that life. And if you are allergic to animals or if you are terrified of certain animals, those are things you definitely want to ask about. So if you're not certain, ask. If it's something that you know you definitely don't want to encounter, ask if it's a thing. It seems really innocuous. It seems like it's no big deal at all. But I promise you, you'd rather know for certain than not be sure. So um, if they live in an area that has a lot of stray animals or if they live in an area where, you know, their neighbors all have dogs and because of the way the complex the complex is set up, they don't mind if the dogs roam free or if the cats roam free or if, you know, there are community pets like the cats in Guadalupe were. Those are things that you may possibly want to note if it's something that you absolutely want to avoid. So I would suggest that's one of the things about staying at Airbnbs is that you're in someone's community, not just someone's home, but you're in someone's community. So remember that not every community functions the same way you do. And you may want to um, ask about those things before you get there to ensure that you have a stay and an um, experience that is closer to what it is that you'd like to be paying for. So I would definitely suggest ask about animals, not just whether or not animals are in the property, but 
um, the property that you're staying, like the immediate property, the apartment or the house that you're staying in, but what does the area look like? Do they have stray cats? Do they have stray dogs? Because if that's something that you're afraid of or something that you're highly allergic to, you may not want to put yourself in that situation. Just choose another one. Next, I have look for an Uber or Uber-like alternatives. I know Cabify is one. I want to say that that I feel like it's a, it was in a Spanish-speaking country because I remember getting the emails consistently after I left, and I'm pretty certain they were in uh, Spanish. But one of the things about Uber that I appreciate is that you can just copy and paste the address into the app and it'll take you there. You don't have to worry about negotiating prices. You don't have to worry about whether or not you're getting the black girl price versus the white girl price. You don't have to worry about whether or not somebody is bringing you someplace that you have no idea about. You don't have to worry about whether or not somebody is actually a licensed you know, driver. These apps, you would assume, you would hope, I can't vouch for them all, I'm gonna say that, but for the most part, if they're attached to an, to an app, there's some way to track and there's some way to um, be, someone is being held responsible to a certain degree. Do your own research and find out whether or not you trust the company that is um, saying that their driver is trustworthy and you know able to bring you to your destination. I'm not promising you anything on that end. But what I'm saying is I like knowing what my price is going to be to get from point A to point B up front. I especially can appreciate when I'm able to just copy and paste an address into the app versus trying to show the driver my phone or trying to, um, you know, uh, fumble my way through another language and hope that the location that they bring me to is the same. It also helps that if whatever host or tour guide you have is in a rush to get someplace, or if you just, it, you know, blows your mind, you forgot, or if you decide to do something in that general area and you can't ask them to ask, um, get a taxi or something for you since they speak the native language, then you don't have to be reliant on anybody else. Also, you know that if possibly late at night, if you're in an area that may not have very high taxi traffic, you can absolutely call a cab to you and not worry about having to leave someplace early just so that you can ensure that you get a taxi home. So those are things that you want to look into. You also have the opportunity of attaching your credit card, attaching possibly your PayPal to the app so that you don't have to have cash on hand. The price is agreed to beforehand. You don't have to do that negate the negotiating or haggling about prices or they tell you one thing in the beginning and then they end up charging you something else at the end. So I like the comfort and the flexibility of having an app that can um, arrange for taxis for me. Uh, well, not for me without my input, but you get what I'm saying. Uber light taxis. Yeah, this is probably my third drink. So this is another boozy episode if you haven't caught, caught on yet. <sighs> Delicious. It's a spicy margarita. My kind of party. So... You've got the Uber-like options. Those are clutch. Also, consider asking the hotel concierge if you're staying at a hotel, or consider asking your Airbnb host to arrange for your um, 
taxi or driver um you know driver accommodation so that you don't have to worry about getting the the tourist charge a lot of times they realize you ain't from here so they're going to charge you like you're ain't that like you're not from there because they know that you don't know what the price is supposed to fuck be that's how you get that's how you get got um so asking someone to do it for you or just uh making sure that you have an app that is already Download it before you travel because you don't necessarily want to rely on foreign Wi-Fi. Look into that before you leave. See if there are uh, ride-sharing services or just taxi services that you can download, uh, apps that you can download before you leave. Don't forget to attach your credit card or whatever payment method you would like to prior so that you don't have those issues once you get there. And then remember that if it, if they have a different currency than what you spend your money in, that there is going to be some type of um, conversion. So don't forget that even though you may spend American dollars, you're in you know London and they're doing pounds or you're in Mexico and they're doing pesos or whatever the currency is, wherever you are, just remember that there is going to be a um, conversion at some point. Um, next, I have... Bringing a travel journal. One of, and this is also, most of these things that I'm saying here for y'all, free. This whole list of shit is free things and like little little things to remind yourself or little things to make sure you have in place to um, ensure for a better, a more comfortable trip while you're abroad and also while you're back home. And this part, the travel journal part, is the back home part. I can't tell you guys how much I appreciate being able to look back into a journal and see how I felt and see who I was. I'm going to say that again. See how I felt and see who I was while I was on a certain trip. You may have one, I guess, account of or retelling of a trip that you tell people or that you share with your friends and family, or that when looking at pictures, you remember. But then you have another set of memories that are unlocked when you're able to read your own handwriting and read your own words on paper. You can be as candid, you can be as, you know, obtuse as you want. It's your journal. You can doodle. You can do lists, you can do important things, you can do any the fuck thing you want to do because it's yours. But I absolutely suggest, even if you don't purchase your own travel and shit journal, which is also available on the merch shop, that you keep maybe um, a part of your notes on your phone or that you use a notebook that you already have or bring a journal. I like uh, the journals I have because they're small. You throw them in a carry-on bag. You don't have to worry about it taking up too much space. Um, and I like the hardcover because I don't have to worry about the pages getting um, shifted, bent up, and torn if I just throw it in my backpack. Um, but I've had other small, you know, uh, paperback journals that are really easy to travel with. It's not going to be any skin off your teeth. But when I tell you just the appreciation that I have for a trip, even more so when I'm able to see the details in my own words and in my own handwriting, and I'm able to really reflect differently 
when I'm writing it down in a journal. But that's me and my experience of journaling. Journaling is absolutely whatever it is you want it to be. But there's nothing like being able to have that different type of um, introspection on a trip because I don't know if I'm ever bit tired of saying it to you, but travel is more than vacation. A lot of what travel is, is really like self-development if you let it be. And I think there's no better way of keeping track of that than writing it down. And having a travel journal gives you a really, really um, unique experience and opportunity to um, not recreate. That's not the word I'm looking for, but I can't think of the word that I'm looking for right now, but chronicle or, um, you know, detail who you are in that moment. And as you go on different trips, you are afforded the opportunity to see how you've changed from one destination to another, from one time span to another, and from, you know, one experience to another, whether it's a cold weather experience, whether it's hot, whether it's third world, well, not third world, I'd say, I feel more comfortable saying um, a developing nation, or if it's, you know, a country that is in line with a country that you may come from, whatever the case may be, giving yourself the opportunity to reintroduce yourself to yourself or giving yourself the opportunity to, you know, talk to who you were at one point and meet with who you are currently is a gift that I I don't think a lot of people really um, afford themselves the opportunity to share in. And I would offer that it's a really easy thing and free for you to give yourself. There's really um, not so much that I can say outside of what I said other than try it for yourself. If for some reason it's not your thing, if it ain't your jazz, if it's not your groove, then don't fucking do it no more. But if you are interested in seeing your growth, or if you're interested in remembering a trip that you've taken outside of just looking at pictures, absolutely give uh, travel journaling a go. And remember, it doesn't have to be writing a bunch of a bunch of essays. It could be simply just writing about how you feel or what you experienced or how you felt about your trip while you're waiting for your layover or while you're waiting for your food at a restaurant or while you are you know waiting to board your plane on the way home or before your trip and after your trip just options but i highly suggest that you give it a try so that you can see for yourself whether or not it's beneficial the next thing that i have on the list is a personal wellness and a personal comfort suggestion i I enjoy traveling with sage and essential oils. I sometimes also travel with incense, depending on uh, whether or not I got the space to pack it. But I don't think many of us are aware of how important smell is until we are met with a smell that we don't fucking like. So I also am a proponent of saging my space just to clear out the energies. I stay in Airbnbs. So I'm very well aware that I am in someone else's home. Very well aware that I am in a shared space 
and shared spaces also share energies. I don't want anyone else's negative energy. I don't want anybody else's creepy energy. I don't want anybody else's ill wishes or, you know, malintents or I don't want any of that shit on my trip. I would like to come in there with my own positive energy and my own well wishes and just a whole lot of me. And I absolutely believe in saging spaces down, especially if I get a really iffy feel about the space when I walk in. I also like bringing essential oils with me just because I'm a person that likes to put, um, another pro tip in terms of, um, bug repellent. I don't really like off and skin so soft because I just feel like mad layers of putting shit on, right? You got to put on a moisturizer, then you got to put on a bug repellent, and then you have to have a sunscreen on. So I personally haven't felt found a product that does all three for me. Holla at the kid if you do have something or if you know of something that's worked for you, open to options. But I personally know that I love shea nut oil. And I also love lemongrass oil. Lemongrass happens to be a natural bug repellent. So I pour lemongrass oil into my uh, shea nut oil. That is my moisturizer and my bug repellent. And then I'll put sunscreen on and I'll reapply sunscreen as I'm going out through the day. So I always travel with sage and essential oils. And I like to have incense with me just so that if I'm not really a fan of how the place smells when I get there, because let's face it, I'm an Airbnb kind of girl and these are people's homes. Other people are staying here. These are in whole ass communities, especially if you're going to a developed country where you don't know what the surrounding area necessarily smells and feels like. It may be a beautiful location, but say there's um, a tree or a flowering plant that you just hate the smell of. I know I'm not too keen on the smell of lilies. Granted, while I'm looking at pictures, I think I'd pick up on lilies. But if for some reason the cleaning solution that they use doesn't sit right with you, or if your host has like a wildly strong perfume or cologne that you don't really fuck with, you may want to counteract that with some fucking incense. It's uh, generally safe. Just make sure that you uh, consider how you're going to place the incense when you get there. So if you don't travel with an incense box, make sure that you figure or MacGyver or whatever a way that you don't burn these people's houses down. I ain't tell you to do that. But consider that fragrance, scent, that all makes a difference. Nobody wants to be someplace that smells. So consider making sure that you can ensure that the place that you're staying is agreeable to all of your senses. I travel with incense, sage, and essential oils for that reason in particular. Um, Next, I have choose a day to do nothing. Don't forget that your travel, for the most of us, I would say, and I would venture to think that the majority of the listeners here um, are traveling as a vacation, but also understand that their vacation doesn't necessarily have to just be a vacation. Um, I know that many of us are also, um, remote workers and have the luxury of just being travelers for their, their livelihood. But whatever it is, whatever your, uh, path is in the world of travel, remember to, Take a minute, take a beat, just 
take a second, do like Banksy, take a deep breath and rest and rest. Rest when you have the opportunity and especially when your body tells you to. A lot of times we try to um, ignore what our body's already telling us and that leads to getting sick. And the last thing you want to do is really be sick away from home. So I personally try to schedule a day where I don't have anything, whether or not that's the day that I arrive or it's the day that I leave. Sometimes it's easier to choose a day that you don't have to do anything because of proximity and, um, you know, the way that your schedule is set up. Like if you have a really early flight, it's easy not to do anything that day. If you got a 6 a.m. flight, duh. But consider the day that you arrive, not booking something to do. Consider the day you arrive, the day that you next on the list is staying someplace walkable. Even if you're not very like walkable, like if the location that you're in is not exactly, um, say safe for you to go off the resort or if it's not safe for you to adventure or you don't personally feel that safe venturing too far off of where you are. You want to be someplace that you're able to walk, do some exploration. And I preface that. Well, again, I love the word preface, but I always jump into what I'm saying. So it's not really a preface, but anyway, I should preface that with saying do your research. You don't want to go to a destination that you're going to um, feel unsafe being outside in. So when it comes to staying in a location that's walkable, consider on your day of rest that you're not booking something, but you are safely exploring what is immediately at your disposal. A lot of places that I have stayed have had incredible shops nearby, have had the best wellness options in terms of massages. I've gotten some terrible facials, actually, but um, I've gotten some really good massages, uh, places that are just walking distance from where I was staying. So randomly going for a walk, you stumble up, uh, upon a spa or you stumble upon a really cute boutique or a hole in the wall that's got like the best Cuban sandwiches that you've ever had, or the best grilled chicken or grilled fish or whatever. So the point I'm making is consider when you're booking your accommodations, how much of the environment that you are going to be in you'd like to explore. Plan a day that you're not doing much of anything and that's the day that you can absolutely walk around, get lost, and just you know, get a feel for where it is you're staying. Because there's nothing like going someplace and saying you've been there, but knowing that you went there and then you stayed at the resort, or you went there and you were able to see you know, three cities that were two miles away from where you were, but you never got a chance to really experience where you spent money to sleep. So I absolutely would encourage you to consider staying someplace where it's walkable so that you can get a really good feel of the area that you're staying in for free. You don't have to pay for an excursion. You don't necessarily have to pay for, you know, an experience or an outing or anything. Get out, get out, get up, go out, go outside, go for a walk, find a restaurant or find some place to sit, people watch. 
a lot of really great experiences that can come to you for free if you just allow them. And a lot of that just means being out in the mix. Uh, a lot of cities also offer a free walking tour. So I would offer Googling um, if you're staying in Amsterdam, free Amsterdam walking tour or free tours in Amsterdam or low cost tours in Amsterdam um, or whatever city it is that you're staying in. Just plug it into the Googles, play around with different variations of the phrasing and see if you can find something that is free and walkable for you to do so that you can get a firsthand feel and experience for the location that you're staying in. Um, pro tip, clutch, next on the list, always, always, always have tissue or paper towels on hand. Um, I cannot stress that enough. When I use the bathroom before I leave the airport for the final time, once my flight lands, I always grab mad, t uh, paper towels. Paper towel, paper towel, paper towel, paper towel, because not every bathroom you go in, not every country that you visit has the same bathroom practices or bathroom hygiene, if you will. So a lot of countries don't use toilet paper. Um, and I happen to be an American where we use toilet paper. It's not right or wrong. It's not good or bad. It's just information. So when I travel, I feel more comfortable knowing that I have paper towel or tissue or something that I can use if there's no paper, uh, tissue paper that is um, left for my use when I use the restroom. Also, I like drying my hands with paper towel. I don't like walking around with wet hands. So having a paper towel with me on hand lets me make sure that I can do that. But there's nothing, nothing more frustrating than going someplace and realizing that there's no fucking toilet paper. Um, I learned that in Casablanca. Beautiful city. Had a great time. Didn't enjoy the no toilet paper thing. So um, learn then and there to always have tissue on hand. But also be respectful of the plumbing in whatever country that you're going to. Not every country flushes their tissue paper. So you want to be aware of that before you fuck it up. You don't want to go someplace, small mom and pop restaurant, Airbnb, fuck around and put toilet tissue or paper towel in the toilets and the infrastructure isn't designed to handle that. So consider that as well. Pay attention is this a country where they place used toilet paper in a trash receptacle or is this a place where they don't have tra um, toilet paper? Um, those are all things to consider, but it makes for um, a less uncomfortable feeling for yourself, if you will, if you at least have the things on hand that will make your uh, visit more comfortable. And a really good follow-up with that is your incidentals. Don't forget those incidentals. And my ladies in particular, always travel with pads, liners, tampons, whatever your flow is, whatever your steez is, whatever you prefer to use, always have some just the fucking case. Many of us have routine cycles and if that is your blessing, God bless you. But the last thing you want to happen is to need something and not have it and then being charged wildly exuberant prices because they know you need it 
or not being able to find products that you use while you're abroad. I know I personally like organic items. I like organic sanitary um, items. So I know that that may be something that will be difficult for me to find while I'm traveling. So I always bring some with me while I'm traveling. Something as simple as sunglasses. I don't know how, but I'd say six out of 10 trips, I've fucking forgotten them on. I have a whole bunch of like neck crust, you know, like the little neck pillows that you go with on the plane. I have a bunch of those because every other trip, like clockwork, I fucking forget them. But sunglasses, that's one of the things that you will always get upcharged for. I'm not really big on sunglasses. I am a Canal Street, pick up a pair, two for 10, two for 20, whatever it is. I don't want to spend a lot on them because they get lost, they go out of style, and I just don't really wear them often. That being said, I absolutely know that I'm also not a price haggler. If you tell me what the price is, I either want to pay it or I don't. I'm really not going to argue on the price. So if I go someplace and I don't have sunglasses, but now I'm at the beach or now I'm going on a boat ride or now I'm going for a walk in, you know, the brightest fuck, shiny ass city that I'm in for some reason and sunglasses would really help. But because you're in destinations that are conducive to wanting to wear sunglasses, you're going to get hit in the head with that tourist fee. I don't want to pay that. So remembering small things like sunglasses, sunscreen, bug repellent. um, Those are things that locals may not be um, frequent users in, especially like bug repellents and possibly sunscreens in a lot of different countries. That's not something that's very common. So those items tend to be much more expensive. Also, my sisters, hey girl, hey girlfriend, natural hair products may not be easy to come across in certain locations. So if you know that you want a certain product, make sure that you bring either your travel size option or you check your bag so that you can bring your full size option. Um, Also consider figuring out a, um, here's another pro tip, a natural option that works well for you that you can find anywhere. Say, for example, you test out avocados. Say, for example, you test out avocado, egg yolks, and I don't know, honey. There are so many different recipes for natural items. So if you know you're going to be someplace for an extended period of time and say you don't want to bring, um, you know, your full size items and you run out of travel size items, knowing what natural products work for your hair or things that you can repurpose from body to hair as well can be, can really be helpful. I know that when my hair is short, kind of growing it out right now, just out of being lazy, my hair loves shea butter. So does my body. So I don't need an extra pot, uh, an extra product for my hair, but I know that hair at different lengths, hair being kept differently, whether it's, um, permed, whether it's straightened, whether it's in braids, those all have different uses. So you may be able to use co- coconut oil for your scalp or your body. So that may be an easy bring with you while you're traveling, but consider if you're going someplace hot, whether or not that's going to dry up really quickly whether or not that's just going to run down your scalp or run on your body. Those are all things that you want to consider because you may not be able to find it where you're traveling. And if you do, you don't necessarily always want to pay that up fee or the upcharge that you're going to be hit with 
when you're in um, a foreign destination, especially if you're in a location that is uh, common for travelers, common for tourists. They are always going to have those areas that are just going to charge more because they know that that's what you want or that's what you need. Um, also, don't forget to bring your, um, what do you call the things? Uh, converters your for your charging needs. I always travel with a portable charger, but that's got to be recharged as well. If I'm in Europe per se, I want to use the ports on my adapter, my charger that will actually fit their outlets. Different countries have different um, wattage and outputs and all that electrical shit. So invest in a $10 option on Amazon. And I would also suggest the one that has the USB ports in it also so that you don't have to have an adapter for every device that you need to charge. So I know that I may char- I'll, I may travel with my cell phone, my GoPro, and my laptop, probably like AirPods. At one point I was traveling with my Apple Watch. So that's like five different fucking things that at any given point I wanna charge or I may need to charge while I'm abroad. You can have the adapter that's got three or six different ports on it so that you don't need to have five different adapters to charge each of the different items you have. Also, if you're staying at a hostel or if you're staying in a destination that may not have that many outlets, you don't wanna be relegated to only charging one fucking thing at a time. But if you have um, an adapter that's got different ports on it, whether they be USB or different ports to plug things in directly, you can get more than one item charged at a time. I also highly, highly suggest having a medicine bag. There's, I have been that girl that has had to ask my driver to take me to a pharmacy and then had to have the pharmacist try to explain to me what pill is for what symptom and how to take it, what to take it with, and retaining all that information or writing it down in the possibly and sometimes broken English to then not have those things on the pill and then remember what pill is for what ailment. So I would always suggest that happened in Thailand, by the way, the, I remember the pharmacist being so sweet and she gave me so many options. Everything was ridiculously inexpensive. So I took them all. I paid for everything and just, all right, girl, I don't know what it is. I just know my stomach is bothering me. I don't know if it's an up or down kind of issue. But I don't want to have no problems because I'm already like 30 minutes from the hotel right now where my Tylenol, my Pepto, my Excedrin, my Aleve, my Advil, all the things. I travel with an arsenal of any kind of pill that I may need at home for any kind of ailment. Headaches, cramps, seasickness. I always keep Dramamine on, on deck. I keep Tylenol, Advil, Aleve, Excedrin, all the things just because I don't want to be abroad and not know what to take to make something simple go away. I have a headache. Okay. I want to take some Excedrin, but I don't know what the, you know, Bengali equivalent to Excedrin is. I also don't want to pay for something that I don't have to pay for because I know I have Excedrin in the house. So be sure to make sure that you bring um, whatever kind of medications you may use. I also 
Also, always travel with Band-Aids, alcohol wipes. I always have a tweezer, a nail clipper, little things like that. Because if you have a, a string or say you swipe left and you end up with a fucking Tinder date or something um, while you're abroad and you got a string hanging off your bomb-ass dress, you might want to snip that so that you can present the way you feel, right? But you don't want to pull the string. You want to clip the string. But where you're staying doesn't have any fucking scissors. Pull out your nail clipper. Clip, clip, bitch. You're good to go. You straight. You out here popping. You're welcome. So I like to have like my little medicine bag, I call it. I have all the pills that I may possibly need. Don't forget any kind of medications that you may be on. Uh, Just make sure that you have it so that you don't have to figure out what the foreign um, equivalent to that item may be while you're abroad. You don't want to have to pay for things you already have in the house. Um, I have one more on here. Um, actually I'm going to, I took it off. I'm going to add a honorable mention and say, prepare for all kinds of weather. I, on my first trip had the unfortunate experience of packing for 86 degree weather and being met with 68 degree weather. Thankfully, I had one long sleeve shirt, um, that little chambray gap denim button up that I always travel with and a pair of leggings. And I tell y'all, I wore them shits out because I was not prepared for the weather. But thankfully, I did have a long sleeve shirt and a long pair of pants um, so that I wasn't, you know, miserable when I wasn't out and about in the sun. Um, A lot of hot destinations accommodate for such by having really good fucking AC systems. So you don't want to be inside freezing cold because it's 97 degrees outside. And yeah, for the first 30 minutes or so, you feel good. But then you realize, hmm, burbage, I want to cover my arms. So always have something that you can throw on over yourself. Planes are always cold. Not only are they cold, but this shit is also gross. I don't necessarily want to put my bare skin everywhere on a plane. So I like wearing my fleece. I also always travel with a pair of leggings just because walking around the hotel or if you want to just leave your hotel room and run to the lobby or if you want to leave your Airbnb and run to whatever corner store they may have available to you, you don't necessarily want to have to pull on a full ass outfit, but you don't want to go outside in your pajama pants either. I love having a pair of leggings. I always travel. I always travel in terms of ride the plane with a pair of jeans on anyway. But um, I also like having, I'll check the weather in advance, but I do feel better when I wear a pair of sneakers or a pair of shoes that are going to be adaptable. Especially if it's going to rain, I want to have shoes that I feel like my feet won't get wet in. So I personally have a pair of rubber chucks. I'm a chucks girl, love Converse, basically all I wear. I have a pair of rubber ones, excuse me, that are able to you know, go with a lot of almost any outfit. They're gold, but I make the shit work. And I prefer wearing those because if it rains, I don't have to worry about my feet necessarily being soaking wet. Um, I don't like wet feet. And I know that that was absolutely important for me, especially while I was in Rome. I got caught in the rain. I have a small, you know, kind of compact, maybe like a six inch umbrella that I always travel with as well. And I just throw that, it fits in my crossbody pocketbook. I throw that in there and it absolutely came in handy then. And I don't think I was wearing my chucks, but I do have a pair of like hiking boots that are designed to be able to get wet. So 
those I would absolutely suggest you having a, um, not convertible. What's the word I want? But, um, a, I guess adaptable, uh, a pair of shoes that will benefit you in a lot of different weathers, of weather options and something that will keep you warm. And then also, you know, you can always strip down, but you want to be able to strip down if necessary, if you're in some place that's hot, a tank top or, you know, a pair of shorts that you're comfortable wearing that you may not just sleep in or something like that, even though you're in a cold weather, cold weather destination. So I'd always suggest making sure that you are ready for feet your feet are ready for rain at some point, whether or not you have a pair of shoes that you can run out in the, you know, a drizzle or rain, whatever the fuck is, check the fucking weather, figure it out, make sure your feet is comfortable. Um, also I always travel with, um, that button up a jacket so that I don't find myself freezing cold anywhere. Also, if you're going someplace hot, remember inside tends to be air conditioned and much, much colder. So you don't want to make yourself uncomfortable or get yourself sick either. Um, so I think that that is the most of my list reading past the text is kind of small. Forgive my squinting. Yeah, that's it y'all. Um, so those are my free, mostly free little things and pro tips, little hacks, because I feel like sometimes I forget that at one point I ain't no shit about travel. And I really hope to always be a useful resource to new travelers, whether it is new to you because you just haven't traveled before or new to you because you haven't considered different, um, versions or opportunities in travel in terms of travel being more than just going to a resort and doing resorty things or um you know just not because I know at one point I was a traveler that did a lot of interstate traveling but I hadn't left the country so there are different levels to travel there are different experience points to travel experience levels to travel and I really hope to always be a resource and sometimes I forget that once I know something doesn't mean that everybody knows something. So forgive me if it's redundant for you, but I really hope that some of these things are really helpful for every, um, for other people at different levels of travel. And with the holidays on hand, I am reminded how much the little things really matter and that it's not always the cost of something, but it's the value of something. So remember that travel is more than vacation and whether or not you are traveling to be with your family for the holidays or or unfortunately you're unable to see your family for whatever reason it may be, my love, my energy, my light and warmth is with you guys. I really appreciate your guys' support. It is such a gift to me and I hope that you all are having a safe and a healthy and happy holiday this year. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. And um, remember, travel is more than vacation, guys. I'll see you next week. Bye. Happy holidays.